We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. Hopefully you're having a good Sunday morning, and this is one of those shows that you're going to want to probably grab a piece of paper and a pen, maybe take some notes, because we have with us today one of the biggest experts around, really in the country, um, when it comes to the mortgage business. Now, he's not a mortgage broker, but he's in the mortgage business, so we'll talk about that. Vince Balvo, welcome to the show. All right, thank you. Thank you very much, Ann. It's good to have you here across the microphone from me. It's always good to be here and always good to have an opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. Well, we go way back, right? So I remember, you know, being at Channel 30 in the days you'd come in every weekend and do a segment on NBC Connecticut. Um, What are you up to now? Well, now I run American Business Media. We're based out of Greater Hartford, Simsbury specifically, and we produce publications and events and webinars and media for financial companies, banks and credit unions, and particularly mortgage lenders. Right, because there's just so many things that you need to know when it comes to mortgages. So you're really more business to business, but we're going to talk today business to consumer because it's so confusing. It's such a crazy time, you know, with everybody, you know, do you sell your house now because prices are high, but then what do you do? Um, so what's going on out there? What's what's the big buzz right now when it comes to mortgages? Well, I think the big buzz is that there isn't much buzz right now. The entire housing industry is sort of in chaos at the moment because of interest rates that just ratcheted through the roof last year. You know, in 2022, I think we started the year with average rates around two and a half percent. And if you're looking to buy a house, a two and a half percent rate is fantastic. You haven't seen that in decades. But between February and September, rates went from two and a half percent to seven percent. I don't think there was anyone in the lending industry that ever saw interest rates ratchet up that high that fast. And the feds did that, right, to say it would slow down the economy and help with the recession. But, I mean, from a professional standpoint, you know, you know the business. What, what's it doing to us? Well, you know, it's an interesting question about what the Fed's doing here and, and how this all plays out. Because certainly they're trying to tamp down inflation. Mm-hmm. Well, It's certainly working in some respects in the real estate industry. One of the things that used to have at 2.5%, you know, there were a lot of people over the decades, they bought houses, and they were buying at 5% or maybe 6% interest rates. Refi. Yeah, and then they would refinance because they said, oh, my gosh, we can get Mm -hmm. better than this. Mm -hmm. And every time the rates went down a little bit, they said, let's do it again, let's do it again. So the financial industry was just full of people who were refinancing. Frankly, 80% of the mortgages in this nation that got made in 2020, 2021, and even through most of 2022, were refinance mortgages. It wasn't a mortgage to buy a house, but to refinance what you're in. That all stopped. Because if you already had a 4% mortgage and now now rates are 7%, you're not refinancing. That's not happening. That's exactly right. So that slowed down the mortgage industry then. And when people aren't buying homes, that slows things down. So, I mean, you know, and I know I had, it was interesting. I had a tag sale last summer and I had a lady come to it and she said, 
yeah, you know, we sold our house. We got so much money for it. She goes, are you are you selling your house? I said, no, why do you ask? And she said, because now we can't find anything. We're living in a hotel looking for right. another house. Right. You know, so right. you, got, you know, sell your house, you make a lot of money. But if you don't have a plan B, you're kind of screwed. Right, because this has affected everyone. So if you're thinking of selling your house, you know, a lot of folks, they buy a house. It's a little small, but they figure they're going to move up to the next house. Except now, mm-hmm. and they have a they have a home. It's got a 2% mortgage or 25 or even 3 or 4%. They want to go buy another house. That new house they want to buy is much more expensive than it was. And all of a sudden, interest rates are 7%. And they go, well, you know, my monthly payment is going to go up by 1500 to $2,000. I'm not moving. Right. Stay where you're at. Exactly. And may, maybe maybe take a renovation loan or something. Maybe Right. Add that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to add on a uh, first floor bedroom and I'm staying right where I'm at because, right. you know, it just it just makes more sense. You right. know, it always looks better. What do they say? The grass is always greener, but it Correct. but it isn't necessarily. So my daughter's a realtor out in Houston. And, you know, the other thing that's really interesting to me is the number of cash buyers and over asking. Right. Um, where are these people coming from? Well, you know, that's fascinating because about 33% of transactions that are happening are happening as cash purchases. So some of this is folks who have had investments, they've gotten the money together and they're just putting, they're just buying out directly. A lot of it are folks who had a house, they bought it cheap years ago, now they're selling it high, they've cashed in a lot of dollars and they have the funds then to go out and buy their next home for cash. The person buying their home is probably buying it with a mortgage. Right. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of these cash buyers, like let's say if you sell your home and you turn around and put it into another home, you don't pay capital gains on that. Isn't that true? Th- that's true. I mean, you have a basis under tax laws for what you're going to do the next for the, on the next property that you have. So that's exactly right. You know, if you're not making money on it because you're reinvesting mm-hmm. it, if you haven't realized those You have so much time gains, to do that, though. That's correct. You what is it? Money. You know, I'm not sure okay. the, the laws keep changing on okay. that. And I would always advise on anything with tax related, go see an accountant or an enrolled agent. They know those specifically. They change very quickly. That is the Vince Valvo disclaimer right there. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Again, we're talking with Vince Valvo. If you're just tuning in from American Business Media, what a great operation you have over there. I mean, the magazines, the information, I would encourage you to go to the website, you know, and check it out. And your website is mbizmedia. Mbiz. A-M-B-I-Z-M-E-D-I-A dot com. That's correct. That is the website. You know what else is interesting? So my daughter, realtor, you know, about two years ago, she's looking for a house in Houston. And the same thing. It's everybody's cash. Everybody's over asking. A lot of people coming from California and other states where they can afford it. Um, And so there's this letter thing where people can write letters to the homeowners and and hope that they'll pick them, right? Right. So she's getting, you know, turned down on all these things. I said, write a damn letter. She goes, well, what am I going to write about? And just write about how you just got remarried, that your husband, you know, was was in the Army and did four tours in Afghanistan. And you can see your kids running around this backyard chasing butterflies, whatever, right? So she writes a letter. She puts it in with an offer on the house. And this guy has four offers, all over asking, two cash, and guess what? And she had a VA loan. Yeah. They picked them. You know why? Because the letter spoke, and he was a veteran himself, probably. Exactly. Right. That's it. He was an Army veteran, and he right. chose them. Have you ever heard of that nonsense? I mean, it's well, crazy. It, it happens every now and then. Yeah. I would hope that the listeners uh, today don't 
think that if they write those letters that they're going to have a gr- much greater chance. It never hurts, right? Right. But most people, when they're staring at the offer, they go, let's pick the one that has the most money. Not just the most money, but a cash offer is going to close. Right. Right? You're looking at one You're looking at one potential buyer, and they've got to get bank financing, and the other potential buyer has all the money up front, and they're over-asking. Most folks are going to go with the cash buyer over asking. They will, but you know, like for me, I have an emotion. I've been in my house thirty years in Pequannock, and I have an emotional attachment, and I kind of want to know who's going to be there after I'm gone, right? Right. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. But then, you know, the cash does look good. So, (laughs) Um, so let's talk a little bit about you know folks like myself who are are self employed or you know who work off of a a W two or you've got the Uber driver that you know, is an independent. Right now, I mean, this is what the nation has wanted. It's wanted small business owners. And we've seen that. We, you're one. I, I don't call your business a small business. So you're, you're a pretty big business. But um, what about folks like us? Is it getting tougher for us to go and buy something? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when we had the big meltdown in 2008, 2009. With the banks? or With the banks. Yep. With, the, with the whole housing industry yes. had a problem. Right. Well, when we got this legislation came through called the Dodd-Frank mm-hmm. uh, bill. Good old and Chris Dodd. Chris Dodd and Barney Frank up in Massachusetts. And that wrote some new rules for how we were going to be financing uh, houses, especially when there's government backing to them. So there's this thing called a qualified mortgage. And a qualified mortgage is basically someone you have to have a a W-2, you're getting, you know, you're getting a paycheck from someplace. You, there are certain rules that you have to hit for for creditworthiness and and um, uh, average value for where you're buying. It's, it's basically we call them the vanilla mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. Most people hit that, but the problem is, what happens if you aren't getting a paycheck from someone? So you're a restaurant owner, mm-hmm. or you're uh, the head of a media company here, or you're an Uber driver, and all your money is coming in from being an Uber driver or DoorDash or one of those. You don't qualify for the regular mortgage that most lenders make. So you have to look for something called a non-qualified mortgage, and in the industry that's called a non-QM. The good news is, for people who are self-employed, you can get a mortgage. You're going to go to a, an average lender, and they're going to say, "Gee, you don't have you don't have income that we can prove through a regular paycheck. You're you know it's up and down every week or every mm-hmm. month and stuff. They won't lend to you, but a non-QM lender, and a lot of folks will offer what's called a non-QM product. You can get the mortgage. It will cost you more. Unbelievable. So it's going to be even higher than what other people have, but you'll be able to finance a house. The interesting thing there is. And I think this is actually the, the craziest situation. There's another group that falls into that same area, which is a lot of retirees, mm. particularly particularly older folks who have amassed some wealth. So maybe you've actually got, you've retired, and you've got $800,000 in liquid assets. And you're looking to buy a, a home, and the home's $200,000. And you go to the lender and you say, well, I, I have the money, but... I don't want to use it. I want to get a loan so that I, I still have that as savings if I need to. You're not going to get one because you don't have W-2 income. You're going to have to get one of those non-QM mortgages or you're going to have to use the money you have in the bank. Even if you have all the money to buy cash, you're not going to be able to get a conventional mortgage unless you've got a job. Isn't that something? So legislation that you know really prevents a certain you know area growing you know, segment of people that have to go and pay more. Just like if you go get a car loan, they base what your interest rate on your on your credit. Correct. You're going to pay more yeah. for a car if your credit is horrible. 
yeah, it's just it's just something else. You know, the other thing that I, I wanted to see if you could throw some expertise at is, um, you know, a lot of people are doing reverse mortgages. Mm-hmm. And it just scary to me, you know, to think that, you know, I'm living here, but this isn't really mine anymore. Talk about what a reverse mortgage is and who does it benefit, if anybody? So a reverse mortgage is primarily for older folks who are what's called house rich, Mm -hmm. maybe cash poor. Mm -hmm. So you are trying to spend your days living in the home that you have always lived in. You said how much your house, you know, means to you. Mm -hmm. And so there are folks who go, I want to spend my retirement in my home. But they're having a hard time affording uh, their lifestyle. Uh, Social Security isn't cutting it. Maybe they- You still got to pay the taxes. You still got to pay everything that's out there. Mm -hmm. So uh, for most folks, the biggest asset they have is their house. The problem is that you can't spend your house. Yeah. Except with a reverse mortgage, you can actually, if you're you're older, you can go in and apply. Now, I want to put a big caveat right at the beginning of this thing here. There's a lot of rules for reverse mortgages, and they're there to protect consumers. So uh, I'm going to talk very simply here, but the idea here is that you can go in and get, say, a mortgage. uh, Let's say you bought this house 20 years ago, and at that time you were paid $150,000 or $200,000 for a house, and that was a lot of money in Uh our area. Now that house may be worth $600,000, $650,000 because of what's happened to the housing market. You've got, and you've been paying a mortgage for 20 years, you may have a half a million or more in equity in that house. That half a million dollars could go a long way to making sure that you are financially stable. You can get a mortgage. Usually it's not the entire amount. Usually, depending on your age, it could be between 70 to 80%. But even, let's say you get the $400,000 out of that $500,000, then what they do is they say, okay, what's your expected life thing? And then we're going to take that four. $400,000, we're going to pay you. Instead of you paying to the lender, they pay you, and you get that money brought to you in monthly installments. You don't have a mortgage payment anymore. You do still have to pay taxes and insurance on your property. But now, in addition to whatever other retirement income you've got, you are able to extract the equity from this home and be able to use that to to feel stable in your own, you know, economic uh, pocket here that you're living in. So what if you die before the money runs out? They refund the money? No. Uh, you have gotten money back. So let's say out of that 400000 let's mm-hmm. say you do pass on. You've received 100000 out of the 400000 mm-hmm. Well, when you, when you die, your estate or your heirs have to pay back that $100,000. If you got all the money, remember, they're paying, mm-hmm. they're paying, they're paying you. you yeah. So they're effectively buying out that equity. Mm-hmm. When you pass on, the property is going to be sold. And then you pay the back the and you pay back the money. I see. And uh, if there's money left, I mean, again, if it's if you sell the house for seven hundred thousand dollars, by the time remember it'll it'll keep rising in equity. Mm-hmm. You sell the house for seven hundred thousand dollars, you pay the hundred thousand dollars back or whatever it is, and then the rest of the money goes to your heirs. Or if they can pay that whatever it is, they get the house. Oh, see, I was always under the impression that whoever gave you the reverse mortgage gets the house. No, no, not, not, no, that's not that's no. not the case. The house who's, will who's, be suited, sold. who's suited for this? I mean, people like you said that just need the extra income, or sure, sure. I mean, listen, I, I think again, everyone who goes to get a reverse mortgage, by law, has to go through counseling, 
with a reverse mortgage specialist and with a housing, uh, a nonprofit housing specialist. They got to check your brain first. They got to make sure that it's right for you, that uh-huh. you fully understand what you're getting into. Oh, okay. You know, uh-huh. I've, the biggest thing that always comes down is, you know, the kids go, you're taking my father's house or yeah. my mother's house. Right. Or the bar was like, but I want to leave this to my children. Mm-hmm. And the argument, you know, is always, well, you can't leave it to them if you can't afford it in the first place. Right. You, you know, you may lose it. Right. Uh, well, and you know, that's the other thing is, you know, some people have the perspective that, you know, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to spend my money. And, you know, I'm not I'm not going to leave a lot for my for my kids. Right. You know, they're they're self-sufficient. They're on their own. So I want to be able to maintain my quality of life. And, that, and for, so for someone like that, that would be the perfect option. You know, it's not exactly. about, as I said, dying, you say passing away, which is so much of a gentler term. And we'll use that from now on. Um, that, you know, so, so you, mom, dad, they get to live their lives. Kids, guess what? You know, you're on your own. I mean, this is just the way it's a- got to be. A- absolutely. You know, you, if you're sitting here saying, um, my kids are actually, maybe they're, you know, they're professionals. They're right. doing well on their own. They don't need this extra money from me. Why don't I live my life? You don't have to be in the poor house to want a reverse mortgage. You may say, just say, you know what? There's a ton of equity there. Yeah. I could go on trips. I could I could just live my life better mm-hmm. if I had access to that. Well, this is an opportunity to get access. Is there to an that. age that most people do that? Is it when you get older? Or can can you do it when once your house is paid off? No, and your house doesn't have to be paid off oh, to do this. Okay, as so, long as you have equity. As long as you have equity in the house, you can't go until you're at least sixty-two. Okay. So that's the starting point. Hmm. But right now, I think the stats are that every hour. About 10,000 Americans turn 62 every hour. Wow. So it's a, it's a product that is really um, ripe, I think, especially as we have this large baby boomer population that has been aging mm-hmm. and going, well, n- we have all this equity sitting in a property that we can't tap that equity unless we use something like this. Hmm. So I'm just, I just made the deadline. I'm 62. <laughs> Perfect for you. All right. Now let's talk about something that you said to me when we were chatting the other day. And you said, you know, if folks, I hear this all the time. I, you know, I hear people say, you're throwing away your money with that rent. You're just throwing it out the window. You might as well throw your money out the window. You have a different perspective on renting versus buying. You know, absolutely. I do. I do. I, I think long term, financially, most people are much better off renting than they are buying. And I, I know you, you've just made a face at me. I like, know. Oh, my gosh. How is that? How can that be? I got to quit hollering you at know. my son. <laughs> I, well, listen, if you are buying for cash, maybe it makes some sense. Um, but I always say, listen, you, you know, you buy a house and let's just use a number here, $250,000. And you go out and or let's say the house is $300,000. You're getting a $250,000 mortgage. Mm-hmm. You take a look at those mortgage documents. They will tell you that you know by the time you're done paying that mortgage off, you didn't pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You paid nearly four hundred fifty thousand dollars, probably depending on your interest rate and how long you're going to have this. Nobody thinks that when they say, "Oh, I bought the house for three hundred and I sold it for four. You forget you've actually spent a lot more on interest in the mortgage payment. You've also had to pay the taxes. You had to pay the insurance. Every piece of maintenance that happened there, you had to pay. When that water boiler went under, you had to do it. When you go out to convert from oil to gas, you paid for that. All of that you paid for. Now, if you were renting, a landlord pays for that. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you take your, the down payment that you would have put on the house and you invest it instead. You will pay less over time to live in a, you can rent a house and pay less over time for what your actual payments are going to be You'll make more with the 
down payment you've invested somewhere else. And I know that a lot of folks go, well, but, but I want to own my property. And to that, I always say, don't pay your $500 property tax bill and see how fast you learn who actually owns your house. The yeah. town owns your house. Because mm-hmm. if you don't pay that bill, that's not yours. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You don't own the property. You're using it. You can do a lot with it. But it's not really as as uh, available to do anything you want as you think it is. You have, If you rent, you're financially going to be better off in the long term for most people. There are folks who sometimes get in and do quick fix and flips and, mm-hmm. you know, but unless you're a savvy real estate, you know, investor flipping, flipping properties and knowing what you're doing there, you are actually financially better off, financially better off renting than buying. But most people are psychologically better off thinking that they are better off owning. Right. So it makes them feel better. It does make them feel better. I think it, it's more psychology, right, than anything exactly. else because it's mine, mm-hmm. right? It's not somebody else's. But I always, I just thought that was so interesting. Again, we're speaking with Vince Valvo. He is the CEO, publisher, and editor-in-chief of AM Biz, American Business Media. And his website is AmericanBusinessMedia.com. Some really good information that, uh, that you provide. Why do mortgage companies... Um, we've got about five minutes left. Why do mortgage, mortgage companies need the information that you put out? How hard is it for you to keep up with what's going on, I mean, daily? Oh, wow. Well, we, we probably are putting out something in the vicinity of, of uh, 15 to 20 news stories every single day. And it's either changes in regulations. And remember, for mortgages in general, they're regulated not just on the federal level. There's 50 different states with 50 different you know sets of rules, and they don't always agree. Mm. Um, you've got all sorts of different levels in mortgage lending. The uh, uh, person, that we call it the feet on the street originator, who's actually the, you know, you, you sit down with Jack to get your mortgage. And then right. there's the institutions and what they're offering and how this all works. And, and there's so much. And then even just telling the success stories. Because, you know, when the, the people who are making the mortgages, the individuals that are, are doing these, they work on commission. Mm. And as I said, 80% of the marketplace disappeared on them. Right. Uh, you know, in a very short period of time. And then of the remaining small amount, we're at a 20-year low for number of purchase mortgages, number of homes on the market, a 20-year low. And then of that number, 30% are cash and don't need a mortgage. So there are folks who are struggling. How do I succeed? And we try to find those success stories and show folks how to make it them, how to make their career better if they're in this in this industry and how to serve consumers better. And that's really what it's all about, right? So, so you know, what do you think? Where are we headed? What's, you know, if you had your little crystal ball, what's the future look like for us? Well, I think I think that we're going to be down on uh, sales for at least another 18 months. I think that interest rates are going to stay high probably for that same period. I know there are a lot of folks in the industry who were crossing their fingers and hoping that we were going to see a recovery by the end of this year. I don't see that. I don't think that we get into a housing recovery until uh, probably in uh, somewhere in the first quarter of 2025. Um, And that's when you might start to see some housing prices come down. It's when you might start to see interest rates become a little bit more affordable. And then you might start seeing more mortgage lenders have more uh, competitive products out there. So in the meantime, rent. 
in the meantime, <laughs> renter, I mean, if you can well, afford to buy, well, you rents want are to. high too. I rents mean, that's too. that's the other thing. It's just yeah. affordability and trying to put a roof over your head. I feel so sorry for people and you know these couples that are just getting married and and want their own home. You know, is is it even attainable anymore? And what what does the future look like for the next generation? It's it's very very scary to me. Right. But right. but I'm glad that you know all of you folks and you've got a great operation over there in Simsbury. You're keeping keeping on top of the national trends and uh, keeping people informed. So what's your last piece of advice before I let you go, Vince Valvo? Well, I think if you're trying to get your house, you know, look, um, it is still a good time to uh, to buy a house, frankly, because, look, uh, there's this term it's called um, uh, uh, date the rate, marry the house. You buy the house, even though rates are higher, because rates eventually will come down. When they do, then you can refinance into a lower. If they don't, this is the lowest you're going to get anyway. So if you want that home, this is the, your best time still to get it. Even though the housing prices are high, I don't see them collapsing. They may go down a couple of percent, but they're not going to collapse like they did you know, a decade ago. Interest rates may come down when they do, and hopefully they will. But when they do, you can refinance into a lower rate. Meanwhile, you can get the house that you yeah, want. Yeah, and hang in there, man. It's a frustrating process. You know, I, I've talked to so many people that are, you know, no, our bid to, or you know, our offer didn't get accepted. It didn't get somebody came in with cash. Somebody came in thirty five thousand over asking. I mean, that's going to happen. But you know, if it was meant to be, it will be. I guess that's everything happens for a reason. That's kind of my mantra. I agree with you wholly. You are so much fun to have on the show. We learned a lot. Thank you, Anne. Thank you. Vince Valvo, check out AmericanBusinessMedia.com. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to this edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.